many people like fear? Oh yeah, not so much. Look at that. How many people want to let go of some fear? Yay! Okay. <laughs> uh, we're in this series on the power of letting go and talking about things that hold us back, different things that hold us back and how can we let go of those. So today I'm going to talk about how to let go of fear. I, I don't like fear. I hate it. You know, I get um, one of my scary things, believe it or not, I told some of you guys last week is I'm scared to do this. <laughs> I'm scared to do this. Like, and sometimes I hate it. I hate it like on Sundays where, because I love God and I care about people so much. And I hate sometimes when I get this like, <gasps> you know, like I'm going to get up, I'm going to teach. And, you know, I want it to be something that, that blesses people so that it makes you, I told everybody last week, so it doesn't make you feel like, why did I do this on a Sunday? Why did I come here? You know, I want you, you know, my thing is I love God. God's changed my life. And so I want other people to have that and to experience that. And so fear sometimes gets in the way, doesn't it, of many things? Can you guys think of stuff that, you know, areas of your life where fear has held you back? So before I start bashing on fear too much, because I'm going to, most of the teaching is going to be about how to kick it to the curb kind of thing, is I want to first say that fear is actually not in and of itself a bad thing. You know, God built us with emotions, and fear is just an unpleasant one, but it's not like there's no purpose to fear. So we tend to think of emotions as being good or bad. You know, like fear is a bad one, sadness is a bad one, and happiness is good. You know, do you know what I mean? Like all of the, the feel-good emotions are good, and all the feel-bad emotions are bad. But emotions in and of themselves are not bad or good. They're just ways that God built us and designed us to give us information. They tell us things, like things that, um, you know, like anger, for instance. We tend to think of anger as being just a bad emotion. But anger tells us that something's wrong, you know, that there's a wrong been done. It's sort of like a little alert system. And so fear sometimes, it is normal and good to have fear about things that are real, but we don't want to have the fear overtake us. Things that go, wow, this is scary. It, you've heard of fight or flight, you know, when there's scary situations that it means that fear sometimes helps us, the adrenaline and everything else to like fight or to bolt in scary situations. So it's not like fear is of no value, but I want to just talk about the areas that fear can hurt us today and then what we can do about it to bash it down. So, um, I want to first look at uh, a record in Luke chapter 8 and verse 35 because there's, there's two areas of fear that I want to specifically talk about. Sometimes we have fear about something that's not real. Have you noticed that? You know, you ever done that where you get like really paranoid? You think somebody hates you and turns out they don't. You ever had that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You start going, oh, I know that they did that to hurt me. And then you find out, oh, no. You know, I was just spinning out, you know, like about this, and that person really did not mean me any harm at all. So sometimes fear, and this is the first situation we're going to look at, is not based in reality. And then sometimes fear is based in reality. A lion's coming at you. It's, it's legitimate, wouldn't you say, to be afraid of that situation. So uh, we're going to look at both and what to do about them. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 35, it says, Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, 
clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. So this is a guy, this was a guy that was riddled with demons, his life was destroyed over it. Jesus heals him. He's like completely healed. This should be not a scary thing, right? What would you expect in a situation where somebody's miraculously healed? You would expect people to be jumping for joy, going, praise God, he's healed. This is a person we've seen our whole lives whose lives was, was a wreck, but their reaction is fear. This is one of those things where fear is not matching what's happening. I'm going to talk about how that happens and what we can do about it, but let's keep going, actually. It says in verse 36, they also who had seen him told, uh, seen it told them by which, what, geez, I can't read, told them by what means he who had been demon possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding re, uh, region of the Gadarides asked him to depart from them. And they were seized with great fear, seized. Get a picture of that. And you know, Usually most of us have at some point experienced what it is to be seized with great fear. Miserable, out of control feeling, isn't it? It's like, that's not so desirable. Um, but that's the reaction, it says. And they asked Jesus to leave. They, uh, Jesus, healer, came to their city, healing people, miracles, thousands were healed. And they're telling him, get out of here. You scare us. Sometimes fear, because of other things that have happened to us, we react to good as if it's bad and bad as, as if it's good. Have you ever noticed that in your life? So what happens is it's a trigger from something else that's hurt us, and it doesn't even match up. So sometimes our fears, have you ever had that where maybe you had somebody in authority that was not kind to you or that was hurtful to you? And then all of a sudden you just go into, you're panicky if you have somebody in a situation that has authority over you. You immediately, everything that they do or say, you interpret in a way that's fearful and afraid when it's not good. I, I like to think about it as, I made this little thing of ribbons. And so this is like, what happens is you see, this is kind of all knotted and tangled up there in the middle. And so what happens is sometimes the way that fear works is you, you've got you know, the cause here and you're thinking, like, you, you got fear here, and you think it has to do with something else, like what's happening currently, and it's not. It's just all mangled up here. You can't see that it's actually connected to something else completely. And that's what kind of happens inside of our minds sometimes. And so we want to be aware and bring light into those situations that sometimes people react to. You know, some other situations like this, because these are common, actually. I know that we had... Um, uh, we had somebody that was really, really, you know, people have been hurt by churches sometimes, right? You know that. It's really heartbreaking to me. To me, that's just like, it breaks my heart when people have been hurt in a church environment where it should be a safe place, it should be a place that you're loved, that you're accepted, that you're cared about, where people have either been manipulative or controlling or deceitful or things like that. And so sometimes that keeps people, like where we had a guy that, um, that was so afraid of our church, particularly because the chairs were the same as the chair as the church he went to before. And so that's like one of these where it's just like chairs can't hurt you. You know, it's just you did you did have a bad and that's heartbreaking. You had, somebody had a really, really bad experience and they walk in and they go, the chairs are the same. This place is gonna hurt me. And that's what kind of happens here. And we don't want to be controlled by fears like that. Just like what was happening here with Jesus. Jesus who's a healer 
He came and healed all these people, and people are so freaked out because it's different. Sometimes we're really afraid just because it's different. Sometimes where we are in our lives, we're stay, we stay stuck there because it's the hell we know. You know, it might be horrible, but this is the horrible that I know and understand. And that something different or making a change for good or for healing is scary or overwhelming because it's different. And that was what was going on here for Jesus. You know, anytime, you know, you guys know what paradigms are. Paradigms are um, kind of the systems in which we think about life and measure life. Paradigms kind of like the rules of how we see life should work and etc. And oftentimes, whenever, whenever there's... Um, any kind of healing or growth or change, it means that your paradigm needs to shift. And it's very scary to go from one way of doing things, you know, to another, to shift into something else, and it's scary in between because it's unknown. And that's a lot of what was going on here with Jesus in healing people. He's healing people. That's a good thing, right? How on and what universe would that be a bad thing? But because it was unfamiliar to them, they had never seen anything like it before, that this man was healed, it freaked them out and they said, go, get lost. I've seen people like that before where, you know, like the rules I grew up with is, for instance, you know, that it was bad to experience any emotion at all. I kind of grew up with, you don't cry, crying's terrible for you. You know, like, don't cry, don't cry, you know, shove it down. And it kind of hurt. And so, for me, one of the scary things in a lot of my growth and healing was the whole thing of you can cry and allow yourself to be sad and not have it destroy you. But in the process of moving, where I was able to like do that, it was scary along the way. So we want to take a look at the fact, we want to acknowledge that sometimes our fears are based on things we're connecting them to that have nothing to do with what's really happening and what's in front of us. Does that make sense? Have you seen that in your life a little bit? So, you know, this is a good visual for that. Um, let's go to another one where the fear, and this is, the fear actually matches the reality, that the reality is scary, like the lion coming at you. And um, in Luke chapter 8 and verse 22, it says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as he sailed, he fell asleep. This is Jesus. And a windstorm came down uh, on the lake, and, and, they were filling, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And Jesus sleeping. There's a storm. They're about to, like, go under, you know, Titanic time. And, um, and he's, like, sleeping. And then Jesus, it says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying one to another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So here's the thing. This is really interesting because the ship's going down. This is a real reason to fear, right? This is danger. You could die. That's what they're thinking. That's what they said. We're going to all die. The ship is sinking. But part of when there are real things that are scary, guess what the antidote to that is, to fear, is faith. For all things that you might be afraid of, whether it's the stuff that's not real or whether it's the stuff that's real, the antidote to, to fear is faith. Now, faith is, you know, easier said than done, right? 
I think a lot of people think, I think it's really important to understand how faith works, and we're going to talk about that because it's important to build faith. Faith is not something that just comes automatically. Sometimes people are ashamed because they feel like, you know, I should have faith right now. You know, why don't I? Why can't I trust God? But tr faith, the word faith is the Greek word pistis. It means to believe. It's to believe something is true. Now, you might have faith that there's a God, perhaps. Maybe that's, everybody's at a different place. Sometimes you might be like, I don't even know if there's a God or not. And that's okay. But faith is grown. Faith is something that, that comes over a period of time. We're going to talk about the elements. The Bible says that there's five elements that help you to build faith. And um, we're going to talk about that and kind of focus in on one. But the five are... It's the word of God, hearing the word, that actually builds faith. And so you guys are already kind of adding to the little deposit of faith in your heart by just being here today and hearing God's word. That's like a little deposit into building faith in your life. Prayer is a faith builder. Asking God for things is a faith builder, you know. Fellowship is also a faith builder, which means being together in a place of spirit, spiritual place with spiritual people that can help you grow. So you're doing another little deposit being here too. So you get two right there to help faith. You're putting deposits in that as far as growing your faith. Also giving financially, the Bible says, helps us to see God and to trust God more, as well as sharing your faith with other people because as you share what God's done for you, it helps build your faith. So those are five things that I want you to think about if there's any of those five that maybe could use a little work, a little build, you know, a little time, a little investment to build your faith. Because you can't force faith. A lot of people think that you can force faith. They look at it like if you just concentrate or something, you know, like, mm, you know, like that, like try to have faith, you know. And, and so what they do is lie to themselves. Like, and I used to do this as a Christian. There were times where I would just lie to myself and say, I believe this, but I didn't really. And lying to yourself is definitely not helpful for faith. So it's helpful to say, you know what? I'm not there, but I can build faith. I can do things that build my faith. Actually, let's look at one. Um, in Romans 10, this is just one of the ones that we were talking about. In verse 17, it says, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So hearing God's word, we said, can really build your faith. The thing about the storm is the storm was scary, but God's bigger than the storm. So part of this is whatever you're afraid of that might be real, putting God in the mix changes that situation. Trusting that God can be there for you, and it and changes the situation. I know for me, I shared this, like, another scary thing for me, talking about fear things uh, that are real, is I had cancer four years ago, and that's a scary thing. So, but it helped me so much. I said, I was determined that no matter what, I was not going to move away from God. I was like, this is definitely, I felt like it. You know, when things go bad, you know, it, it makes you want to pull away from God sometimes. And sometimes people put the connecting things, like, if God loved me, I wouldn't have cancer. That's this connection, that's not true. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that God wants healing. It says that Satan is the author of sickness and death. God wants people healed, but it takes faith to be healed. And honestly, sometimes faith for healing is not the easiest. I truthfully, I knew I did not have the, the, the faith for miraculous instant healing. I know, I believe intellectually, I absolutely believe it can happen. I've seen 
other people over and over. I've seen miraculous healings. I saw someone blind get healed. I've seen somebody with broken leg go back together, be healed. I've seen phenomenal, like inexplicable miracles all throughout my life that could, to me, like the witness and what I've seen. I saw my husband prayed for a puppy that was paralyzed at birth. I saw that puppy the minute he prayed for it, stand up and walk and then run. Now that puppy can't be lying about it. The puppy doesn't know anything. It's a little puppy. It was just born. The doctor said nothing could be done. It was done, born with a spinal defect. God cares about puppies. How cool is that? I thought it was kind of goofy myself. Some guy from our fellowship brought the puppy over and said, you know, I brought my puppy over to get prayed for. And I called him VS, means very special. I was like, well, you know, that kind of special. <laughs> you know, a puppy can't walk. And he's paralyzed. It looked like a fish. You know, it's just, it was really a cute puppy. But it was like a fish, you know, like the body just, so he just kind of was splat on the ground. Like, and they put him on a blanket. And I was sitting there going, really, you want us to pray for your puppy, you know? I love dogs, but not like my husband. And, um, <laughs> and so, so I'm sitting there going, oh, I don't know about this, but uh, I didn't have the faith. I'm just putting it out there. This was not my faith. But I, it might have been the kid that brought him over. It was when we were doing uh, teen fellowship, and so he's a young, it was a young person that it was kind of cool because he was like usually a really hard-hearted kind of guy, like, you know, the kind of guy that doesn't let anything in. He would come to fellowship, and we didn't even know why, because it looked like he certainly wasn't enjoying it. But, um, but he came for years and years, and um, some of his friends are, oh, they're not here right now, but um, anyway, he lives back east right now. But anyway, so he brought his puppy over, and at the end of the fellowship, Adam prays for him. And seriously, this puppy, I, I was the only one there when it happened, and then, but everybody could see the puppy walk, because uh, everybody got up and went for refreshments. The puppy, the front legs got up, then he pushed the back legs up, and I was sitting there going, no, I was just sitting there going, I, this is like crazy. I mean, seriously, it was one of the most shocking things because, you know, people get healed, and you're like, you know, I don't know if you've ever, I'm a skeptic at heart. I was raised an atheist, so it's just sort of like, so I still, I think, at heart in some ways, a very skeptical person, which I don't think is too bad, but um, so long as you're open to seeking, you know, what reality is, so Anyway, so, um, so the puppy is like, you know, st stood up and is walking. And I was just like, the puppy's walking, the puppy's walking. And everybody came in and the puppy's like, I was just like, this is insane. Just happen, pray. And no matter how, he, for, if you, for you skeptics out there, help me, it's a puppy. So they can't be lying about it, right? The puppy doesn't know that we're all like all about God and praying, you know, like. My brain was sitting there going, well, what if the kid drugged the puppy and this is all a trick? <laughs> you guys have never been that skeptical, right? You know, you ever seen somebody healed and go, well, maybe they're making it up? That happened to me once, too. I saw a woman get blind. I prayed for and this was definitely not my faith. I thought she was lying to me when she said she got healed. How skeptical was that, right? <laughs> I seriously thought she's making it up. I'm like, wow, is my heart hard? But you can't, so you can't force faith. You either believe or don't believe, but there's areas you can grow in faith. And hearing God's word is one of those ways that it helps you to grow to have faith. So if you don't have faith right now, even, honestly, I have atheist friends of mine, I just go, try reading the Bible. Why not? It's the most popular book ever written in the history of humanity. You know, you think Shakespeare's a big deal. Like, he, he was all about Shakespeare, this one friend of mine. I said, well, try the Bible. And truly, he read it. I just said, just read it. Don't be, like, forcing yourself to believe something, but just try it. 
Because it says hearing the word builds faith. Why not try it? Maybe there is a God. Maybe there's not. Do you know what I'm saying? But why not try? Why not see? Why not check it out? It's worth, it's worth exploring, don't you think? So hearing God's word builds faith is, is a big part. Um, let's look at uh, some more. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, oh, and I forgot, I told people last week, but on the cancer thing, I didn't have the, the faith to believe in instant healing, but I was praying, this is what I thought I could handle believing, was that God would shrink that tumor, and God did. So it was like, it was huge for me because it meant that I didn't need chemotherapy, and that was the one thing that I was just like, God, this is just, if there's any way I could avoid chemotherapy, I was just like, that was my prayer. So it was still a miracle for me. So I was pretty blessed by that, even though my faith wasn't that the, I, believe, I, I totally believe God can take a tumor away. I've seen it happen for other people. Um, but my faith wasn't there. Do you understand? Does that make sense? So the goal is just like for us to do things that feed our faith so that we can grow. Um, Ephesians 6 and verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That that's where we want to be is the goal is to be strong in the Lord. Because if there's a situation that's too big for you, it's not too big for God. Our strength is limited. The truth is there are many situations that are too hard and too big for you and for me. That we are powerless. That's the truth. But God is bigger and can help in every situation. So we want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then it says, this is how, is to put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So what it's saying, the wiles of the devil, or the attacks of the devil, it says that the world right now belongs to Satan. It says that God created the world, he gave it to Adam, and that Adam transferred the dominion of the earth to Satan, that Satan is running the world right now. That's why we have sickness. That's why we have death, all of those things that did not exist that weren't the will of God. If you want to know more about this, I, I really, I, it would be great to do the Seekers Retreat. It's a great way to understand more about some of the puzzling questions that people, you know, get in the way of people believing in God. It's an amazing weekend of faith building. You want to talk about faith building, a lot of God's word, a lot of fellowship. Um, so it says that when the struggles we have are directly or indirectly in some way caused by, by Satan, it says, and that he attacks us. You know what one of his nicknames is? Is the accuser. You know, he is the accuser. So when you get attacks in your brain, you ever had like people telling you you're not good enough, things like that, shaming talk? Satan, Satan's behind that, wants to tear you down. So it says... We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And then it says in um, uh, verse 16, above all, taking the shield of what? Faith. Faith. Shield, think about it. Shield protects you, right? Faith is a protection so when Satan throws things at you, they don't take you out. So it's another reason why we want to build faith. It says, which, um, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts. Fiery darts are attacks. A lot of them are definitely attacks against who you are. And we're going to see how Satan tried to attack Jesus in the same way that he tries to attack you and I today. 
um, putting doubts, putting fears in our brain. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It says that this is the sword of the Spirit is God's Word. You know, a sword is an offensive thing, and we're going to look at how this works and how you can utilize this in your life, but it's kind of like you take God's Word as a sword when things come at you, you know, and the truth of the Word of God, and we're going to look at that um, and how, how Jesus used it and how you guys can use it. Uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Oops. Let's go to um, Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, if you are the Son of God, one way Satan will try and get you is if you are. Look at that. That's not the same thing, if you are. It's like the Son of God, you're going to make command stones to be made bread. That doesn't mean anything. How does that connect? Like, come on, you'll make the stones bread if you're truly the Son of God. Satan tries to do that all the time. He does that with the whole thing with healing. If God, how many times it's heartbreaking, like thinking of the, the reason I have cancer is God doesn't love me or I'm not deserving. You know, this is heartbreaking. When bad stuff happens, it's just like what Satan tries to do right here, how he did it to Jesus. Those two things don't connect at all. My Bible says that Satan's the author of sickness, not God. Lying, he was a liar then, he's a liar now, Satan. Speaking lies. So part of this is, is truth and God's word. And why with, you'll see the sword of the spirit. We'll see how Jesus comes against it with God's word. It says in verse 4, but Jesus answered him and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So every time Satan accuses him with something, Jesus uses this like a sword. You know, the, you know the guys that do the, um, the fencing, that stuff, right? It's kind of like, it's like on guard with your Bible, right? On guard. Somebody accuses you. He knew God's word, and so he was able to say from God's word who he is. That making stones into bread does not prove or disprove he's the son of God. It was a lie. He came against it. When people say something to you, or when Satan puts that stuff like God doesn't want you healed, on guard with God's word. God's word says he wants me healed. God's word says he loves me unconditionally. God's word says he loves me right now and I don't have to deserve it. He wants me healed. Amen? Amen. Like on guard with God's word. Does that make sense? That's what we want to do when those accusations. God's, if you don't believe it, you can at least say. And this is how you can be. So you think sword is offense. So guess what? You don't want to be wimpy with it. When you got negative stuff and fears in your brain, you don't want to be all wussy. Well, I think God says he loves me. You know, no, you're saying, God says he loves me. Maybe I don't believe it, but God's word says so. And I'm going to keep saying it with boldness until I believe it, that God loves me unconditionally. You see the uh, fierceness with it. It's a sword, baby. You get that? Okay, fierce. So he says, it is written. 
And then he says, then the devil taking him up to a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Then the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me. See, I told you, it says Satan was delivered the world and the power of the world. Jesus doesn't say, no, you're wrong. Jesus doesn't say that. It says, and the devil said to him, I will give this for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, all will be yours. He tells Jesus, just worship me, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world, is what he's telling Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written on guard with God's word. It says, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down here, for it is written on guard with God's word. He's twisting the word though. He's saying, see, Satan can quote the Bible too. It says, this is, and I'm gonna tell you about that, but it says, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. So that's in the scripture, but guess what? He's taking scripture and twisting it for his own purposes. That's also why we want to know God's word. It says in verse 11, And in their hands shall they bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So he's like, hmm, yeah, you know the word. I know the word better, Jesus is saying. You can't fool me. He says, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until the opportune time. So he uses a real need, Jesus being hungry. You know, that was a real need that Jesus had at the time, but he's using it to tempt him and using it to, to twist it around kind of a thing. But it's just like, it's the word, it's the word. These are the things like of saying that we want to get God's word in our heart and our minds to come against those places that we have fears, that we have doubts, that we think that we're alone. Let's, I want to read you a couple more verses on this. It says in Psalm 23 and verse 4, It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The valley of the shadow of death was a very dangerous place. And he's saying, I could be in the most dangerous circumstances ever, and God is big enough to take care of me. You know, so we want to speak faith. We want to speak God's word boldly. It is written. You know, Abraham, Abraham was called the father of faith, so we could learn some things about how to grow faith with Abraham. Abraham was 100 years old, and God had promised that he was going to have a child. His wife was 100, too, so she was, like, kind of dried up in the fertility sense of things. Usually, right, that happens for women at 100. So um, God's saying, you're going to have a kid. And so Abraham changes his name, because God told him to, to father of many nations. So he went around... introducing himself to everybody as, how do you do? I'm father of many nations. They'd say, how many children you got? I got none. You know, but he just kept, it says that God calls things that be not as though they were. That when God speaks it, he was speaking the promise of God over and over and over again, boldly, you know, until it came to pass, until until, um, until he saw God do it. Now, what you don't want to do is lie to yourself. It's, I'll tell you an example. I know I'm going to be healed. If you don't believe that, don't say that. That's just lying to yourself. Again, lying to yourself doesn't, doesn't help any. But you can claim what's true. Like I said, 
you can say, I've seen God do amazing things in my life. That helps me too, of looking at what God's done in other places. You know, God's healed me in the area of relationships. God's healed me in a way of having an awesome marriage when years ago my life was a mess in, in the area of relationships. I've seen God work. I use that with my cancer to say, I've seen God do this. I've seen him do this. I've seen him do this. I also know God says he wants me healed. Now, I don't know that I believe that it's going to happen exactly, but I'll tell you, it helps my faith just to say what God's word says. On guard, it is written. Okay, let's go to another one. Um, in Psalm 27 and verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The thing is, is God and you make it a majority in every situation. I don't care how big your problem is. I don't care how big my problem is. My God is big enough for whatever it is that we're facing. God is big enough. God loves you. God is for you. God is for you and wants to be there for you whether you go to church or don't go to church. You know why you should go to church? It's because it helps your faith. It's not because God's going to like you anymore. God likes you plenty if you stay home on Sundays. God wants to answer your prayers whether you come here. God wants to answer your prayer, you know, like God's there for you. But the reason that we do those five things is to build faith so that we can trust God. So I want you to think a little bit as far as where are the areas that you could add a little deposits into your like little faith bank account to grow your faith. Is it fellowship, being with believers in a spiritual environment? Hey, you're here Sunday, so that's doing something. You know, one of the things that as far as faith building, because we're you know, this whole letting go is easier said than done, isn't it? You know, so that's one of the reasons we're doing an eight-week series on this. And so last week I had asked people, hey, just think about this. Just consider, because adding God's word and fellowship, you're doing those when you come Sunday, specifically on this letting go, to think about it, about making a commitment to do the best you can to come for the whole series and see what might happen to your faith, see what happens in your heart with that. You know, if you're up for that, um, I mean, obviously things come up, so nobody's going to get mad at you if you miss a week or anything. But if you just, just to think about, hey, I want to really see if I can build my faith, to just write, I'm in on the little connection card, you know, and I'll be praying for you during this series. I was really excited about how many people did I'm in last week. So you can still join and be in on the card, you know, not in, of course you're in, everybody's in. Um, anyway, so five ways you can be build faith, prayer, spending time in prayer. So just think about which ones of these could use a little bit of work, you know. God's word, which we talked about, fellowship, um, giving financially, which honestly I've seen God work phenomenally in my life because it is, it's kind of interesting with money as far as a faith builder goes because we don't teach giving because the church needs money. It's, I, I think that's kind of a silly reason in some ways. You know, I believe in giving because I just believe that that's how you see God. Because one of the things that's the most personal to a person's heart is their money. You ever heard that say, say, saying, you haven't hit a man's uh, heart until you hit his purse or wallet? Or I guess men don't have purses. Or woman's, you know, until you hit their wallet. Because the heart there, the Bible says, where your treasure is, there where your heart be. And so when you honor God in finances and trust God in faith with that, you see God show up. Um, in that. So that's why that's in there. Um, I mean, I didn't put it in there. It's God put it in there in Acts where he talks about why that church was on fire and how they built faith. 
And then also sharing what God's done for you. You know, telling other people about what God's done for your life. Every time I share a story when I might be not feeling a whole lot of faith, but I say how I've seen God, it helps bring me back to go, yeah, God's real, I've seen God, I've seen God. That kind of thing to build faith. So letting go of fear, it's easier said than done, but faith is the antidote, people. It is the antidote to kick fear out. And so we want to be doing things that help to build faith in our lives, and it will help kick fear to the curb. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time. Um, I feel blessed, God, by your love and your goodness. Help us all to do things that build faith so that fears don't get the best of us, God. Fears or worries, their evil cousin, worry and anxiety. Like, those are all things that are tied to fear and, and that can be, can go away as we build faith and trusting in you and not just in ourselves, God. Whether they're fears that are real or fears that aren't real, you and faith in you can solve and heal all of those things, God. So I thank you for this in the name of Jesus Christ.